Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Thank you guys for having me up here today. I am just so excited to be here. And um, man, God is so good that I just don't know whether to laugh or cry. And um, I can just feel him right here with us right now. So I wanted to kind of give you uh, some background on how I, what I'm doing right here right now. And so I'm going to give you like the short version of my testimony. It's uh, the stuff that I feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to share with you guys right now. Absolutely. So I was born and raised in Jackson, California. Most of you probably know where that's at. Uh, It's about an hour away from here. I grew up with like a Catholic background, but thankfully we weren't like good Catholics, I guess. But I did believe in God. I believed in Jesus. I didn't know a whole lot about the Holy Spirit, and I really didn't read the Bible that much or know too much about the Bible, but I did believe in God, and uh, I always had faith that he could do anything. I just, I, for some reason, I always believed that. I just did not, I never knew how that was, that was supposed to happen. So that was when I was young, and I went to a Christian K-8 through school, and they really, uh, it was easy to like hear about Jesus a lot and build faith in certain things, but when I went into high school, I went to a public school, and I pretty much left God and Jesus at the door, and uh, I met some friends and you know, had a desire to be liked by people and uh, seeking approval. And uh, I, I got into some just substances that came into my life. And once I became an adult, I turned to alcohol. And for like five years, I drank every single night. Every single night I drank. And when I turned 25, I knew that this had to stop. I just didn't know how that, what that was going to look like. I just knew like, okay, I got to try to get sober. And I spent one night sober and that was much harder than I anticipated. Anyway, so for two, about two years, from 25 to 27, I went for drink, drinking for weeks on end to being sober, having extensive sobriety. And I met this girl, Cheris, and we were dating. And I drank once while dating her, and that, that hurt her. And then I got sober for a few months, and I drank again. And that time, it was, it was really heartbreaking to her, and uh, we broke up. But thankfully, her dad and her brother saw something in me that I didn't see in myself, and they were listening to the Holy Spirit, and they told me about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They wanted to see me overcome alcohol, and I had never heard of that before. They told me about praying in tongues, and that was... That was extremely weird to me at the time, and I just had no idea. I wasn't really ready for it, but I, I spent, took a few days, and I, I remember, so her, I was drunk at my house, and her dad and brother came over, and her brother was sitting across from me at the table, and they bought me <laughs> Jack in the Box tacos, and he said, there's so much hope for me, and I just, I remember that, and it was so true, you know? So anyways, I still wasn't ready to receive the Holy Spirit at that point in time. I needed some, to think about this a little bit. And uh, two days later, 
Well, actually, I want to tell you one thing. One night later, I was listening to a playlist before I went to bed, and a song came on that was not on the playlist, and I had never heard this song before. And the song was called Goodbye Road. And I thought that that song was about saying goodbye to my girlfriend, which it probably was, but there was, God revealed to me just a few days ago that there was this verse in the song, and I just wanted to read this. The verse said, Traveling Paul on the road to Damascus, the ghost of Saul, he laid down in a casket. Sometimes flowers grow in the soil of ashes. I feel like that was prophetic at that time, and that was my fir- the very first time I'd really acknowledged like a supernatural occurrence in my life that God was calling me. And the next day, I called uh, Cheris's dad, and I said, I want to know about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I think he told me the next to come over tomorrow. He said, okay, come over tomorrow, and we'll pray for you. So I came over, and they, uh, they prayed for me, and I was just sitting there, and I said, Lord, I receive you, I receive you. And I left there, and I was encouraged, but I didn't like feel, I didn't know if I had the Holy Spirit or not. And so I went, two days later, I was at my house, and I looked up on YouTube Trusty YouTube, how to know if you're filled with the Holy Spirit. That man on the video said, he said, the first thing you have to do is ask for the Holy Spirit. And I paused the video and I I realized, you know what? I never actually asked myself for the Holy Spirit. I was just like relying on other people to ask for me. So I went in my room and I closed the door, knelt against my bed, and I said, Lord, I want to be filled with your Holy Spirit. And right then I felt like love and peace and joy that I had never felt in my life, like a new level of those things. And and I knew that right then and there that, okay, now I know for a fact I've got the Holy Spirit, you know, and I really, I'm glad that God did that for me because I needed that to know, like, how do I know, you know? And after that, for five days, it was five days for me, five days in a row, I was, uh, I asked for my prayer language. I wanted to pray in the Spirit. And I kept trying and trying, and, and I was like, I don't know if I have this. And then event one night, I just it happened, and I was like, all right, that was it. And I knew that was it. You know, it wasn't really grandiose or anything, but I knew that that was it. And from that day, from the day I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I have not drank since then. That was four years ago. I I have been set free from websites and all these other things that, that are you know in in life. And, I wanted to mention this too, that Cheris's dad, well, that wasn't the first time he had mentioned being baptized in the Holy Spirit to me, but he didn't give up on that, and he kept at that, and in my desperation, I, you know, it was like, okay, I'm willing to try whatever it takes to, to, <laughs> to stop drinking, because I know I can't do this forever, and uh, since then, since that day, I really have been seeking God, and he's been pruning me, and, and molding me, and helping me grow into the person that he's made me to be, Amen. which leads me right here to today. He's called me to be a teacher, which is not something I expected either. But uh, I also want to say that, so that was four years ago, and God is a redeemer. He redeems everything. And I, that girl, Cheris, that I broke her heart, we're married now. Just God is such a redeemer. So anyways, that's what brings me here today. I'm here to teach you guys something about grace and faith that God has put on my heart. And uh, thank you so much for for listening to this. I really hope it's a blessing to you because it's really God's been blessing me the whole way. So uh, this message here is 
more of a sanctification message. It's not what you do to be saved, but it's do what you can do once you're saved. But so what I want to say with that is if you're a if you don't know Jesus, this would still be a powerful message and would still help you in your life. And whether you've been saved for one day or decades, this is an important message and Peter gets into that. So to cover some definitions, my definition of grace, when I say grace and faith, for grace I'm saying God, it's grace is God using his power and resources in your life even when you don't deserve it. So that's God using his power and resources in our lives even though we don't deserve it. And faith would be our response to that grace, that gift. Faith is our positive response to that gift. I'm gonna, we're going to be getting into 2 Peter today, but first I wanted to give you a historical background uh, on something that was going on in first century Rome. And for those of you, I didn't know this, but Rome, back then, the Roman Empire was vast. I mean, everybody that was reading the New Testament would have at least known about the Roman Empire. It was, you know, they were colonizing and they knew, everybody would have known what the Roman Empire was and was about. And in the Roman Empire, there was a system called the patronage system. And the patronage system, had, it was a, like a, a class system, I guess you'd say. And in that system, there were patrons. And patrons would represent like the top two percenters, right? They had all the wealth and they didn't need any more money. Like they, they were the elites, the higher class, the upper class. And then you had the clients, and the clients would represent about 75%. That was the middle class. That was the, the bulk of society, right? And the, how it would work is you would have the clients would seek out a patron for a gift. And the patrons would give this gift to the clients, right? They would come to a mutual agreement, like, okay, you're going to be my client, and I'm a patron. I'm going to give you this gift. It's not a loan. It's just purely an unconditional gift that you that they receive, right? It would usually be something that it would be like a political connection or a, possibly a job for the rest of their lives or maybe a, a fancy robe even, some things that were very important to them. And it would be something that the client would generally would yeah the client would have no way of ever providing for themselves right this was way outside of what they would have been able to provide for themselves so the they would come to that agreement the patron would give the client a gift and that gift was called charis which would be in greek that would be grace in english so that was the patron giving the client a gift charis the client would then respond by a lot, some of the things they would do would be they would stand outside of their patron's house first thing in the morning and declare how great they were. They would tell everybody they knew what a great patron they had because of the gift that they were given. They would, uh, sometimes they would do little jobs here and there for their patron that they were capable of doing. And that response to that would be pistis, which is the word faith in English. But it would really be more like faithful or loyal, like having fidelity towards your patron. So this is this is this is the system that most of the people reading the new or that were alive during the writing of the New Testament were familiar with. So they would have been seeing grace and faith through those eyes, right? Grace is a gift 
And faith is something we do out of gratitude for the gift. It's not something we have to do. It's not something that we, that's expected even, but it's something that, you know, this is, and it, the gift is so great. And I never could have done this on my own. So I, I want to be faithful to you, you know, as, as my patron. So the, the New Testament reader would have been reading what we're going to be getting into, Second Peter, through this lens of grace and faith. And uh, so if you want, you can turn to Second Peter chapter 1. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 15. I'm reading out of the ESV, but whatever version you have is fine. It says, Simeon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Therefore, I intend to always remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have, I think it right, as long as I am in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me, and I will make every effort so that after my departure you may be able at any time to recall these things. So, what Peter is saying is, he's saying in verse 1, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours, he's saying to you faithful clients, I am going to tell you the gift that we've been given. And if you go to verse 3, he says, His divine power has granted to us, or he has gifted to us, all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to you or gifted to you his precious and very great promises so that you may become partakers of the divine nature. So, He's saying, to you faithful clients, this is the gift that you've been given. You've been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. You've been given his very great and precious promises, and you've been given a chance to become a partaker in the divine nature. So with that great gift, that awesome, amazing gift that you never could have gotten on your own, this is how you fully supply your faith. This is how you be a faithful client back. He's saying in verse 5, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement, to fully supply, make your faith fully stocked. And the first thing he says is virtue. And I want to stop on that word virtue. Because in the Greek, that is a word called erite. And it's actually the same word that's used up in verse 3, where it says glory and excellence. 
So erite is, excellence is a really good tra- one word definition or translation for that word, but really, and it's actually a really good translation when you're talking about God, right? Because he's excellent in every single way you could imagine. Yeah. But when it's talking about a human, that virtue would be more of like a concept and it would be more like excellence in all these, in all these categories, but to go a step further, it would be more like your fullest potential, right? You, what, what is excellence to you in your life? And how can you live up to your fullest potential? So that's what Peter is saying right here. The very first thing you can supplement your faith with is by you living up to your fullest potential in, in this moment with what you have, with your resources, with the knowledge of the word, with in it. And what he's taking away from this is he's eliminating, you don't need to compare yourself to others. You don't need to, all you need to do is be exactly who you are and live up to your fullest potential. That's the very first step to supplement, to be a faithful client. And then to add to that knowledge and self-control and steadfastness and steadfastness, godliness, godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. And he's saying, if you can do all these things and increase to them and add to, do not take away, no subtraction, just addition to your faith that you will not be unfruitful. There is no way you can be unfruitful in God's kingdom. And that's exactly what we would want as clients. You know, we would want to be faithful to God and not have any, not be unfruitful in any way to him. So he's given us, he's telling us how to be, how to just, how, how our response can be to this gift that God has given us. And by growing in these qualities, we're being transformed into his image because all of these qualities are things he's shown us and he shows us on a regular basis. So we are renewing our mind and being transformed into his image just by desiring and, and working and practicing and growing in these, you know. And one of the things I wanted to point out is when the way that Peter says, he keeps repeating the last one and saying with, right? He says virtue with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with steadfastness. That's the point he's trying to make is he wants you to keep adding and not taking away. We're growing all the way around in all of these things. And then there's, he ends it with a promise right here in verse 10, at the end of verse 10. He said, for if, these, if you practice these qualities, he just wants you to keep practicing them. He, does, he doesn't ever say you have to perfect these things. He says, if you are increasing and practicing in these things, you will never fall. And that is a promise that he's making to you, that you will not fall by trying to practice and increase in the excellent qualities and attributes of our Father. The last thing that he says here in verse, one of the last things I wanted to point out in verse 12 is he intends to always remind you of these qualities and that there's never, there's no stopping. Even if you just, like I said, if you were saved yesterday, you start today and you keep going. And if you've been saved for decades, even if you're at the, you're at, you're the last day of your life. You can keep on increasing in these right. qualities and right. it never stops. And the awesome thing is we get to do that as a church, as a body together and to encourage each other and use all the other spiritual gifts in this to, to uh, love one another and help each other increase in all ways. And the last thing I wanted to point out is with the... F- Patron and the client, right? That's such a good picture of God in us. God is our patron. He has given us this gift that we could have never supplied for ourselves. The gift is salvation. 
uh, which is which is so there's a lot to that I mean it's not just forgiveness of sins it's not just an, an entrance into heaven it's it's all of his promises it's everything that he's provided for us and just like the client would to the patron the faithful clients would respond by doing things for them you know we get to do we get to live this life with God and do these things with him out of gratitude nobody's ever going to force us to do it he will never force us to do it That's but right. we get to make a choice to be up, to be with him seeking him did anybody ever play any sports growing up you know you have drills you have little you have a coach right you have a holy spirit coach who gets in these qualities who gets who sometimes will point out you know what we need to focus on this one right here a little bit more but we don't want to forget about these ones either you don't want to get weak in these ones but we need to i see you're going you know the coach the coach always has a way of seeing where the uh athlete is going way before the athlete can see it you know and uh yeah i just you know what i really appreciate you guys listening to this message today and thank you for for being faithful clients, for being here, for loving Jesus, and that's all I got. So I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> Father, we thank you so much for your, for you being faithful, Lord. You said that you will be faithful even when we are not faithful, and we. But God, all of us in here right now, we desire to increase in your excellent qualities, to be fruitful for your kingdom, to see it grow. And just to see the excitement that comes in fruit being born through you. So thank you, God, for being so faithful. We love you, Lord. We praise you. You are such a good king and such a good patron. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.